Hello there, it's Scott, back with a bonus episode. You're about to hear a preview version of a discussion that I did with Clive Palmer, who you know from the Arsenal Vision podcast and all things Arsenal related. In this episode, we talk about advanced stats, what they mean, and how to use them. The overall episode and the accompanying video is a little over an hour long and goes through stats like expected goals, post-shot expected goals, expected threat, pressing metrics, and more. The full version is available for premium members on canonstats.com, but also for Patreon subscribers to Arsenal Vision. This is the type of content that is an example of the benefits of the premium membership. I hope you enjoy this one, because I know Clive and I both did. Yeehaw, hello, and howdy. I'm going to have to talk to Elliot because he needs to get better uh, labeling of all of these videos that we have to start here because I can never remember which one is the right one to hit. Um, so yeah, that's that, that's me just uh, going to always have to just say something about Elliot. Um, I have a treat today, and it's something that I've been wanting to try to do for a while. Um, and it's going to be talking at a more meta level about advanced stats um, with some very good football knowledge. Um, so I'm happy to be joined by Clive to talk about the stats, what they mean, when to use them, how it helps us understand the match, the teams, and the players. So um, yeah, let's, let's let's bring on Clive. gets us going right i didn't think you knew where that video was i'm thinking <laughs> i did not expect that i thought oh, flipping hell yeah Got you know what I, I don't ever get the chance to do it so I, I have to take advantage when i have it and it knows i hate it so yeah you <laughs> made it longer and louder and like oh gosh so yeah anyway how you doing mate anyway i'm doing good yeah it's a good to talk to you it's been a while um how's the international break treating you yeah it's really good a lovely weather it was in uk until today so I've been out watching non-league football, nice. um, which is good. Watching Hitchin versus Nuneaton last night, which is a, we call it step three level game, which is quite nice. Nice ground, Hitchin, about five miles from my house. And I, I go into Arsenal from Hitchin. So um, that was cool. And I watch Slough Town normally, and I go and watch Nuneaton because I've got some people I know there. So, um, and so, yeah, that's what I do. And it's always good to go to grounds like that. Always, because yeah. I tell you, and I say to anybody, um, I think it's very important 
as a football fan that you define your own connection to the game. Whatever that is, it's so important that you hold on to it. Because so much information out there, you can develop other people's connection. I think if you develop your own, then you can use other people to layer on top of yours. And so every now and again, if I get a little bit Premier League heavy and I get a bit cocky and think I've, I know everything, I go and watch a, an on-league game. And I'll always learn something about movement or about different shouts from the coach or systems or what people do under pressure. It's like a reminder when I, when I used to play that it's a, it's a contest. The game is a contest and how you derive control from that contest is really, really key. So that's why I always go and do it. Not just say, oh, I go and watch football. <laughs> I do it because I, I love it. And I think you can learn a lot from it. And you can listen as well, which you can't do so much from a, a Premier League game. Right. Yeah. There's different angles that you're able to see things from different. Yeah. Just viewing spots that you're able to, to, you know, be able to get different perspectives, pictures that you'll be able to, you know, not always see in the Premier League. Right. Yeah. It's really good. And it's really, it's really nice actually. Cause when I played, I wasn't that, I was okay. I wasn't that great. But some of my friends were really good. I mean, like to pro level good. And, it, and so this within football, there's like a, a family within the game. If you're good, you're sort of in the family. If you're not so good, you're sort of a little bit out. But since I've been doing this podcast, in particular the last two, three years, suddenly you're in the family a little bit more. <laughs> People <laughs> want to talk to you about things. And um, I did something last week I was very proud of, actually. I did the coach's voice, uh, which was analysis post-May United game. It's still out there. It's one of those CV spaces. But it's really nice to do that because you get coaches come and join. And these guys are getting paid money to do mm-hmm. their job. Right, so, and they were really pleased with what, what we were saying, what I was saying. So that sort of gives you a little feeling that we're on the right track, right? So, um, yeah, you should have a listen to that, mate. CV spaces, have a look at it. It's really, uh, it's really interesting. So. Yeah, I think I um, when we did the the London uh, live show um, afterwards, I think I I got to talk with that that guy, and he seems really really cool mm-hmm. and interesting. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, I'll yeah, make sure to yeah see if we can get this in the the show notes too, um, so people can check that out. Um, so I prepared a lot. I'm not sure how much we'll actually get through today. Um, <laughs> but I think the, the big thing is I just wanted to get with you and kind of talk through what the, what the stats mean and how we use them, um, and kind of get your perspective of, um, how they, you know, kind of do that. So, um, I, I think the, the, the best place to start is with XG. I think this is the one of the advanced stats that's broken in the most. Um, yeah, you see this on match of the day, you see this, um, after matches, basically, every time um, you know you kind of um, see that and so it's becoming much more accepted but I think there's still some questions about what it means um, so I, I, I've created a couple clips for the different things so the first one we'll kind of watch here so this is the the Gabriel Jesus uh, goal for Arsenal um, so yeah. you kind of look through here and like um, I think it's interesting to kind of break down so yeah that, that pass from Fabio Vieira man that is just so Perfect. so good um, but then you get into here and then from the where you actually have the, the shots, I'll, I'll pull it up in the, the PowerPoint, too. Um, but it's going to be measured from about right there, right where he hits it. Um, and so I think one of the things that's really kind of interesting um, with XG is that when we're thinking about it, we have a kind of a natural intuition of XG. Everybody knows what a good chance is. Everybody knows what, you know, a speculative chance is. And I think the best way to think about it is it's more of like a, a formalized estimate based on historical data. Um, right. Is that is that kind of how you imagine XG2 there, Clive? Yeah. So this is my view on it, right? So I wonder how you feel 
when you see XG on match of the day? And because I'm sure your brain thinks, well, I'm asking you really, rather than <clears throat> do an Elliot and give you the answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm sure there are there are accompanying stats to this that make it stand out a little bit more, you know. So um and it's just so interesting how you look at the game. So you're looking about the XG chance here. You know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at the fact that Jesus makes the run forward. He creates an angle on his last two touches to go to the left, knowing he could chop back to the right and he's still in the centre of goal. He has a feather touch before he actually slots it. Now that, to me, is football perfection. Absolutely, yeah. Actually was, and I was standing behind that goal and I jumped out of my boot. I'm going to have to apologise to my two season ticket holder mates who I just grabbed and squeezed their heads off. Football perfection to me. And that, so I don't need, I don't, I couldn't tell you, you might just look at that and have a number come to your mind what that actually means, that chance. That just looks like a high, high quality chance to me that was created by good movement, good technique. So um, that, that's my thoughts really. Yeah, and I think that that does match, right? Because I mean, I don't know, like when I'm when I'm watching a match, I kind of have a because I've watched so many and I've looked back at what the actual chances are, so I have mm. a general like thought of what they are based on just from my own experience. Um, so yeah, like this one, I think I, I did go and look, and I think this one was rated about a, a seventy percent seventy percent chance of being scored. Um, so I think one of the things that's that's interesting is to kind of think about how these are rated. So inside of event data. Um, what the picture actually looks like is this. So right. on the screen, um, we only, you, you kind of have to imagine the pitch is uh, pitch black and there's like a, a spotlight on the ball. So right. a lot of times from XG, you're having to infer things. So inside of this chance, you know, we, we know that he had a, a dribble before the shot. So that yeah. is something that is going to boost the XG, right? Um, we know that, that that generally means that he's been able to relieve pressure or open up a shooting lane. So that's a, a qualifier that will go in and will make that chance rated higher. Um, we also know that this is from a fast break. Um, fast breaks usually mean that you're going to be going up against a defense that isn't set. Um, there's a lot more space when you're doing a direct attack, being able to do that. Um, the pass in front of it was a progressive pass which is another thing that's going to boost the chance of being able to um, have these things. So a lot of times inside of XG, we're making inferences about things because we don't know that this, you know, uh, <laughs> that Dallas is, you know, slid past into outer space. We don't know where the keeper is in these situations. So inside of XG, um, you have to be able to infer things. And I think that's one of the things yeah. that I think people misunderstand from XG um, and I think that is one of the things to also think about, like an XG is really um, an estimate. And especially when you're going to look at any individual chance, you have to understand there's probably error bars around it um, because you don't have perfect information and each individual chance, while, you know, we can look at what things have done in the past, that isn't, uh, you know, each one is its own unique unicorn yeah, of a yeah. chance. Can I ask you something then, Scott? Because um. You said there about fast break. So when you see, you look at the team, you have your tables and you know where people are, etc. I I don't really care as so much about other teams. When it comes to data, I care about Arsenal. So they're not, yep. And the team they're playing against. So would a counter-attacking team on occasions have maybe a potentially abnormally high XG because of the quality of chance they could be making? They may not make that many because they might not have control of the ball. Or would they potentially have like a higher XG than we maybe someone like me would 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 think of they would you know would guess or is it just um it's just a, it's just a, a variable and that's it 
Yeah, so that's something that it certainly when you when you kind of think about it, there's a, a couple different ways. And I think that's one of the things that when I see people present XG, I think there's a, a couple things that I like to do that I think gives more context. And um, yeah. so I think that's, you know, uh, when I look at something like uh, this kind of a chart, so this yeah. is the the running XG chart. So you actually kind of look at Manchester United, they didn't have a lot of shots here, but they were able to generate, you know, a few good chances from breaking opportunities. Um, and I think that's also something that kind of goes into when you look at like a, uh, an expected points model um yeah. you know a team can have the exact same xg but if you have three really good chances versus a team that took maybe you know 15 you know shots from outside of the box the team that has the few good chances is going to win more often you know it's going to be slightly you know uh, the other team could outscore them because it's just the you know sometimes the the dice you know ran on where you want it to be um, but there's interesting ways and i think this is something that adds important context um, and i think that goes into when to use xg um, to me mm. I, I don't think there's a lot of value in just posting uh the, the raw xg total i think Agreed. that you need to be able to kind of see different things so that's why whenever i post xg it's always with this one and then also mm -hmm. with the shot map because i like to be able to see you know, the, the different where the shots are coming from, um, you know, are there big chances that you're able to see in the game? So, you know, there's a, a the XG philosophy. He's, he's super quick at getting his XG out. But I yeah. think that that's one that that leaves out a lot of context um, where I think this type of stuff is is more important for me. I, I, I totally agree. And I will say this. And I, I say it to you offline, but. What you do, I think, has brought me into this world a lot more because I think it, it tells a story. So I, whenever I look at a game finishes, right, so the first mm -hmm. thing I always look for is that sort of field tilt. Yep. And I look for the pass map. And I look for that run. I didn't know it was a running XG chart, but I know what it is now. <laughs> I, look <laughs> for the, I look for that chart as well. This one, the shot map, I'm not too worried about, but that means something to me. Yeah, so because, I think this one gives you a ton of context, right, about the the game state because that's something that massively can affect how things happen. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, if you're a coach, what you're trying to do, you're trying to dominate the ball, right? That's the first thing you're trying to do. So you can dominate the ball, you can dominate potential actions and variables that, that you can't control. So if you've got dominance of the ball, and I'm always looking for those dominant stats, mm -hmm. and then I can, I can see the dominance, then the the actual XG number, I just think oh, that's quite yeah okay we scored we scored three and we've got an XG of two ish. Do you see where I'm going? Yep. But I'm looking at the dominance. I'm looking at how many times we had the ball. I'm looking at things like passive preventive actions PPDA. I'm looking at that type of stuff because that type of stuff is very repeatable. Mm -hmm. You know, and it, your chance quality, you know, it depends on how sharp your people are at the end of the pitch on that day. But if you're trying to, I'm sure, again, I'm not sure. I shouldn't say I'm sure. <laughs> but when you're doing your projected points, I wonder what feeds into that type of thing. Is it the type of dominant stats, the controlling stats, or is it the outcome stats that feed into your, almost like your, where you projected points and where you think people will be? That's the thing I always look for, dominance, control. And it was you, it was you and Elliot that got me into this, by the way, because I was completely hoodwinked by early Emery. Right, so mm -hmm. Elliot was saying to me, "Nah, Cloud, the underlying numbers was well. I'm saying, "Mate, don't do me that rubbish." I know what I'm looking at, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and um, but he was right. 
he was absolutely right. The underlying numbers weren't good. They weren't sustainable. I think we understand them at the time. But it's a lesson to me to open my mind up to another way of looking at it and not just enjoying a journey home on the train after a, a narrow win. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And so the controlling stats was really, I love the way you present them. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, and I, and I do have that a little bit further in there. And so just to, because I, I don't think I really have anything about the the simulation model. I think I have some stuff at the very, very end. Um, but the basic way, it, it is, it's a relatively simple one because I, I found that adding further complications to it isn't worth the the extra effort. Um, and, you know, my idea is it's, I'm not using this to to bet from or anything like that. It's just to get mm. a, a general sense of where things are. Um, for me, because I think that that's, you know, kind of helpful to, to project out, but it, it is a lot of, it's a, I use the 70, 30 XG goals uh, combo because um, you, you kind of think back to, you know, our Fulham match, you know, Fulham yeah. score in the first minute. And I think that absolutely changes the game plan for both teams. I don't think that Fulham, I think Fulham came to probably sit back and absorb pressure, but I don't think they would have done it to the same degree if they hadn't scored from that first minute. Yeah, um, I think Arsenal probably would have played a little bit more controlled um, in that opening twenty minutes. Um, but you know, after you know, kind of get hit with an early goal, you, you really want to push back. And I think these things, and I think this is where like a running XG chart is more helpful to be able to kind of tell you the story of the game, to be able to give you some context around things. So yeah, we ended up dominating that match, but you know, we did also, you know, have game state effects to be able to kind of go through inside of there. So there's a, a little bit of both. And it's, uh, I, I think you can't just go with stats. Um, I think that's one of the things that people, you know, like to give me a lot of stick for is, oh, uh, you know, get, you know, don't watch it in the spreadsheet. Mate, I, I watched the games, you know, twice, three times. You watch the game. <laughs> I, 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 I listen to you. You, you watch the game. <laughs> I absolutely know you watch the game. And um, I, th- I, 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 I do think you tell a story. I generally think I, I think I think it's so important because people sometimes they grab onto a number and then they use that to to end a conversation, right? Yeah. Like that, that is where it is. I hate that. It's this, this is never the end of a conversation. I think you know the stats should give you more information and almost give you more questions and more things to look at and more things to understand. It gives me confidence in what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Is what I've seen, you know. So. When I see Eric Ten Hag come to interview and say they should have won and deserved to win the game, I'm thinking, mate, I've read Scott's email. (laughs) (laughs) Scott's email has told me. And by the way, he's already got that information in his phone before he goes to the interview. You know he has. Yeah. Yeah. And the players have got their clips already on their way and got their data in their phones as they sit their backsides on the dressing room chairs. Trust me, it comes that fast. Mm -hmm. You know, and... um, so it just shows you that sometimes management are talking to their players or they're talking to their fans rather than talking sense because they know quite clearly. I tell you when I, it really dawned on me, I can remember the moment it was we played Brentford, the 3-0, before we played the 3-0 game last year, they interviewed a Brentford manager and obviously they're massive on their data. And I listened to the pre-match interviews. I'm Scott, I'm telling you, mate, he knew they were losing. He knew they were losing that day. He knew Arsenal was strong. He knew they didn't have a they didn't have anything to stop them. He knew they were losing. And I've never seen him like that. Thomas Frank, that's his name. Yep. I thought, crikey. And it almost gave me confidence that we were going to win. And we won really, really well. And had a really good season, you know, on the back of it. And 
but he they, he sort of knew we were kind. He was talking about us in such a way that actually it made me think, crikey, we are quite good, you know. And it, obviously, he looks at all the information, the data, mm-hmm. etc. So, managers not done, mate. They've got it all at their fingertips. No, and and it, it does happen. Inst- you know, they they have this all ready to go. Like, there's uh, mm-hmm. different kind of levels to different things. So, there's the the event data, which is captured close to live. Um, yeah. And so like they'll have that ready to go as soon as like the match is done. Um, there's further stats that come out later. Um, so there's the the difference where they're, they're combination of the, the tracking um, and, you know, the computer vision that takes a little bit longer to process and be able to get together. But that's usually available the next day for them. So, yeah, when they go into the press conference, they, they have an understanding of the stats and where things are. So I think you're right. It's it's telling a story to try to maybe spin things or, yeah. you know, be able to, to get the narrative to where they want them to be able to do. Um, so I think using XG, I think that's kind of where the, the next place I wanted to go. So I think, you know, inside of a game, I think that is a lot more. It tells the story of a match. But I hate when people talk about, oh, we deserve to win from the XG because I don't think that's really what it is, because, you know, the, the purpose of the game is not to create XG. The purpose of the game is to score goals and to try to win points. Um, yeah. XG usually aligns with that, but you know I think there are certain things that will come in. You know uh, what your expectations were before the match. So if you're a, los- a lesser team and you expected to um, sit back, like if you score early, you're you're changing your game plan. And did that mean you didn't deserve? Right? If you get your goal, you executed your game plan perfectly. Did you not deserve to win? Like you did exactly what you wanted to do. So I think that's one of the my pet peeves is you know talk you know people point to XG and say we deserved something from it. I don't know. I mean, right? Because you're not you're not you're not going out there to maximize your XG. You're out there to maximize no. your goals. Maximize your goals, but also maximize your control and your ability yeah. to implement your game on your position. That's a lovely thing to say, Nick. Invent your game on your position. What a great podcast phrase that is, right? But how do you do that? You do that by being better coached, by ha- by having your actions be more timely, understanding what each other are doing, so your movements are prescribed and quick and early and ahead of time for the opposition who are trying to stop you. You know, yep. and, and you do things, but sometimes just by body language and snap and pace a pass, um, when you're tackling someone, you know it's how many corners when Masaka gave away in Man United. Yep. It, honestly, in my day, I tackle like Wan Masaka. I get a clap for it, right? And um, long leg tackle, go to ground, stand up, well done, good tackle, Clive, well done. The game has changed. He's got to get his body across, stop, get the ball, regain it, and keep it, and create the next pass. Not just diving on the floor and kicking out for a corner. Because 12 corners later, we won the game. Do you see what I mean? And mm-hmm. and so the game is changing massively. And these little details is what you're trying to coach into the team. So to implement that level of control and take away the things that can stop you from uh, losing. Shall yeah. I say. So that's what I look for, mate. Yeah. So I think it's interesting, right? So inside of the season right now, we're kind of in that weird point where you know there's there's not enough games to really kind of make these uh, definitive calls but we still try to do that and we trying mm. to get the information so i think you know i i post these every week um th- these types of graphics so this is the you know the the xg but this is my i use the the combo of goals and xg um and this is because again i think goals provide a lot of information because that is the ultimate goal of what you're we're trying to do on the pitch um it's not yeah. to accumulate xg um so 
we're kind of at this stage and so the sweet spot for this um if you're if you're looking for it is probably in that 8 to 12 match sample that's really where i think xg um especially if you're going to combine it with goals i think really gives you the most information mm-hmm. um and you know you kind of think through is a, a team uh earning more points than what they were supposed to do you think back to you know tottenham last year um how they were you know uh flying high and we you know all the uh, the pundits were you know, really high on you know Antonio Conte. He's got them you know playing well, or he's like, oh, what happens when they start to play well? I was like, well, you know, they they never did because <laughs> the the metrics were kind of pointing to this team isn't quite as good as what they were saying that they were going to be. Um, and I think yeah. that's something where you know you can kind of learn is like where is the deviation um, in that eight to twelve match range to be able to kind of get a sense of um, is a team playing well? Is it not playing mm-hmm. well? Is it not matching with their points totals? And that's where I think you start looking at some, you know, why is that happening range? Yeah. So when I look at this, uh, when I, whenever I look at these, I go straight to the bit where City normally are. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it, even though we're just beating someone spectacularly, they always seem to be in that top corner there. And um, and I get, it triggers me like <laughs> straight away. And so I'm looking at this now, and all I can see is, is Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Then I'm thinking they beat Villa five one, didn't they? So this is this is from last year here. So this is oh, the, the end the end of the season. Um. So yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. I, I didn't put the, the this year graphic in here. Okay. It's still it's still a little no, bit early for no that bad. one. I'm thinking, no why, why are Newcastle doing that? <laughs> they've, they've lost a couple of the trot, so it's my bad. But yeah, that's the type of thing that I was maybe thinking you'll distorted by a big victory. So no problem, no problem. Yeah, um, that, but they're right. There is the certain one. So um, I think this is another one that I think is really interesting. Um, so um, a lot of times I think aggregation of metrics can be um, kind of hide things. Um, so this is Arsenal's XG difference by match from last season. Um, so when I look at something like this, um, I'm looking for a lot of wins or, you know, wins that are above or beyond like one XG. Cause I think when you're, when you're able to beat a team by more than one XG, that's when you start getting into like, we really did have control. We did have the better of the chances we did things. And I think that's one of the things that really kind of pointed to me that like last year, especially like when we started to get into that, like 10 to 12 range. And it's like, is this team good? And like, yeah. we were just consistently better than teams. And I think that's something that you look here and you see all of the ones to the the lower right. That's the those are the really good good performances from the team, and those are the ones that you want to be able to see. Um, there's the the one Liverpool match that's uh, kind of the outlier, um, and you know when there's that much of an outlier and there's not a bunch of them out there, I'm a little bit more comfortable uh, excusing those type of things. Yeah. I haven't seen this one before, actually. So, but yeah, it makes it's a newer one that I just started at the the end of last year. But I I I really like the idea behind it um, to get a sense of all right, what's the the different matches and how do they feel um, over yeah, kind of combining everything, which can kind of hide stuff. Yeah, I I like this. It sort of sobers me. It sobers me up a little bit, and um, because going to the games as I'm going to more games now, and Mm -hmm. um. As you know, because you've been to a few games, it's, it's a very, it's a very intoxicating experience. Absolutely, know? well, especially if you uh, spend too much time at the Tollington beforehand. Yeah, it's very intoxicating, and it's so. I try my best when I do my recordings to try to keep it down, but sometimes it's hard. You know what I mean? Uh, and so I, I fail. <laughs> but it's intoxicating, and but when I get back and I have a little read, I then say, okay, where was I? Was I right to do that? And sometimes you know what? Go with what you feel on the next podcast because that's the right thing. And sometimes, you know, you've misread it. You're not connected to the game. And that's when I'll connect more to what you've written down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
No, I mean, it's, it's amazing how much your opinion kind of changes when you watch it back. Like you already know what's going to happen. You're able to be a little bit more uh, analytical, a little bit more cold. You don't have the emotions uh, starting to stir up again. Um, because I notice I definitely change my opinions uh, quite often um, on the second watch. Because as much as I, I like to think that I'm uh, cold, rational, when I'm watching the game, there's a lot of times I'm, I'm wanting to hide behind the couch with the emotions yeah, yeah. being able to happen. Um, so the next one is another one that is, uh, this is post shot expected goals. Yeah. Um, so you, you can use this for, you know, goalkeepers and, you know, kind of getting a sense of player finishing. I think this one is a lot more, uh, something that people over index. Um, and I yeah. know that it's, it's not easy to be able to do. So one of the things with goalkeeper stats is that they're, it's, um, it's not as uh, repeatable season to season. So I was trying to look up beforehand as part of my prep for if somebody has gone into, you know, where the, the sample size needs to be to start to get, you know, more of the signal from the noise. And yeah. there really isn't that kind of uh, a study yet. So maybe that's something that's on my list now of going through of when you start getting the, an understanding of where these things start making sense, but the season to season, um, carryover is plus or minus 0.2 goals per 90. So if you expect somebody, so like Aaron Ramsdale, like we now have his kind of career stats and I actually do have this one. So, um, for his career, he basically saves as many as possible or as many as expected. Um, yeah. but if you think about it at plus or minus 0.2 goals per season, that means coming into the season, you'd expect him to some be somewhere between, you know, 75 and 15% above or beyond um, the expected goals. So it's like, you can't really say with a lot of confidence um, how much a, a goalkeeper saves above and beyond per season. So I, I think the big thing with post-shot expected goals is that it's a, again, a, an estimate of what we think the saveability of a shot is, or, you know, how well somebody put it into a corner, but it is really an estimate with larger error bars on it, even more than I think regular expected goals. And that, it, it is something that we need to just kind of say is it's a descriptor, not necessarily um, a predictor of how good somebody yeah. is. I think um, people are struggling with goalkeeping stats, mm -hmm. shall we say, and struggling how to absorb them and, and position them. And this is where my background may be. This is one position that I think is an emotional position. I, I think goalkeepers give you a feeling. And so, I, Aaron Ramsdale, for example, is an emotional human being. It's a human, it's a human position. And mm -hmm. in the toughest days, I think he has his best games. Absolutely. In the weaker games where concentration could be an issue, I think he has his average games. All right, that's it for the preview version. Hopefully you enjoyed that and will consider subscribing. The full version is available for premium members on canonstats.com and also for Patreon subscribers on Arsenal Vision. If you are already a premium member, you can get your custom RSS feed for canonstats.com that you can plug into your favorite podcast player to be able to listen to the full episode. Thanks again for listening.